is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Friday, August 7th. The COVID opt-out period came and went, and that's about all it really did. Because <laughs> there was nobody. I thought we might have had one moderately big name. Uh, no, we didn't. I mean, it was still, you look at the list, Damian Williams, still really the biggest name on the list, and not even that big of a name. But big for fantasy purposes, obviously, because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But otherwise... Not much there. So I guess that's a good thing. In fact, I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here on today's show as well. I want to talk about one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when it comes to draft day decisions, constructing your draft board, and it really comes down to understanding a little bit about value-based drafting. So that's what we'll get into on today's show. Before I get into that, though, I have to tell you about today's sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. And it really is. It's not the same as what you're used to in the DFS space. And really, it's because monkeyknifefight.com, well, there's no salary caps, first and foremost. That's the big one. And you don't have to play against the Sharks, which, of course, means anyone has a chance of winning especially you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests. In all the sports you love, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? A free $5 game just for you, just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you're going to have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. I like that. I like free money. I'll take it where I can get it. Use that promo code RANT and you get 50 free dollars. That's nice. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty sure you know what you're getting yourself into. When you sign up to play, it's monkeys and knives and fights and sports. So sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. And you can see the site for the full terms and restrictions. And of course, use that promo code RANT. That will hook you up right there. So, as I mentioned, no major additional opt-outs. Um, Josh Doxson, <laughs> sorry sorry anybody who still has Josh Doxson on a dynasty roster, might have been the biggest name. I mean, we had heard briefly Tredavious White was kicking it around. I'm sure a bunch of players thought about it, but also, you know, something I talked about a couple days on, ago on the pod about Odell Beckham Jr., before they got into camp, I think a lot more players were thinking about it. I don't know for certain, but you ha- it has to have crossed their minds. Once they get in there, though, and they saw what what these facilities look like, what the teams put in place, what the league put in place in terms of protocols, I think that eased a lot of people's minds. It really did. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is the prime example. I saw a... Uh, an interesting video clip of Larry Fitzgerald and he was carrying the equipment bag out, which is pretty funny. You know, the vet, uh, the, the veteran on the team shouldn't be doing that, but he's doing it anyway. You know, that shows what, you know, we know what type of person he is, but, uh, anyway, you know, he was wearing a mask on the field, you know, that was the, you know, one of the first major glimpses I've seen of a lot of people. Cause the camera showed a lot of different players on the field. People were, players were wearing masks. You know, it's it's interesting. So I have a lot more confidence right now than I have 
during this entire process, going all the way back to March, that an NFL season is going to happen and happen in its entirety. Gives me a lot of confidence that no major names opted out. If a major name opted out, I'd have some concerns. If a few major names opted out, I would have a lot of concerns. The fact that nobody did, that's a good sign. It's a very, very good sign. Now, I still will say, and I'm going to keep banging the table for this, so hopefully you're taking me up on this one, you should have some stipulations in place. You should have uh, IR policy, you know, more COVID spots. And I would say put more than you think you'll need, five, six, seven, eight, you know, depending on the size of your, your league. Put a lot of them in. If you don't use them, that's fine. But these should only be for players on the COVID list. It shouldn't be, you know, one thing that drives me nuts, and I'll tell you this, I hate the IR spot. I really hate it in general because people will use it as this, like, strategic little extra roster spot so that so-and-so's out with, a you know, an ankle sprain. All of a sudden, they're on IR, like a low ankle sprain, too. Not that high stuff that could be, you know, cost you a month. A low ankle sprain, he's out. He's out. I'm putting him on IR. He's not on injured reserve. He's out. <laughs> it's not an out list. It's an IR list. So I think that just in general, you know, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts when people are able to put suspended guys on IR in fantasy football. Come on. Really? Dude's suspended, not injured. You have to have a stipulation in place. I'm in a league, actually, where there is... It's sort of like the NFL, but it's not as long. So if you put in a, a guy on IR, he has to stay on there for a month. So it's not as long as the NFL. It's it's two months in the NFL. But it really makes you think carefully about using the IR spot. And really, mo- in most instances where I'm seeing people use it is either guys who are pupped or guys who are who are on IR in the NFL. I have seen a couple people roll the dice with like a high ankle sprain, put the guy on there. If he comes back before the four weeks, well, you're kind of screwed because you can't take him off. But that way, it prevents that silliness. I'm in one league where people have taken this to an art form of manipulating their IR spots just so they can get get a couple extra waiver ads during the week. Drives me nuts because it's not what IR is. Eh, maybe I'm wrong, whatever, <laughs> rant over on that one, but you should put something in place for COVID, it should be COVID related though, so that, you know, the, the league I'm a commissioner of, my home league, uh, is stipulated, have to be on the, the COVID list, as soon as you come off the COVID list, you have to come off the IR spot on, on you know, in our uh, league commissioner site, it's the way it works. So the old, uh, the idea is that uh, nobody gets screwed, right? We don't want people to get screwed over here. So we're also putting in place a uh, policy on if the season becomes official at a certain point or do we have to play the entire season. We're going to talk about that on draft day in person. Sometimes it's easier to do those things in person. Going back and forth through text message, email, never really, you know, it isn't always the most ideal um, so, you know, set something up there, set something up for your money, set something up for what you do with the draft. Does the draft, if the season is, is halted, does the draft reset? Especially if you're in a keeper league, dynasty leagues, I think you just keep rolling with dynasty leagues, but anyway, put that stuff in place, put it in place because if you don't, I, one thing I've learned over the years, my tw- two plus decades of playing fantasy football 
if you know if you don't think of something it's probably going to come up there's always something that comes up during the course of a fantasy football season so try to leave no stone unturned um before I get into this uh talk about the mistakes that I I see people make with uh with values during drafts I did get an interesting question on Twitter I'm always keeping an eye on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe of course and hashtag Rat Pack there on Twitter Somebody asked me, hey, man, you always finish really high in the IDP rankings uh, uh, accuracy over at Fantasy Pros. Why don't you ever talk about IDP on this podcast? And and I think this is pretty funny because, you know, I've had a long road to get to where I am right now. I've now been in this industry, surprisingly enough, for 10 years. <laughs> I started in 2010. And a lot of Rat Packers, a lot of folks who listen to the pod, a lot of folks who listen to the SiriusXM radio show have discovered me within the last half decade, right? And maybe, I know, uh, the, I think the person who asked this question actually said, well, I've been following you for about two years. So, which, hey, I whenever you want to come aboard this train, welcome, you know, <laughs> let's go, LFG, all right? But, Coming on the train recently means you don't know the history of of JR here. So I wanted to just kind of explain why I don't talk about IDP, a little bit about the history, uh, why I won't talk about IDP really on this podcast. So I started at PFF in 2010, right at the ground floor when we were forming the fantasy vertical there at PFF. And it was Mike Clay who spearheaded that. PFF had existed for about two years at that point. And Clay came in and asked if he could start a fantasy vertical and was told, sure, as long as they didn't have to do anything, you're going to do all the work, have at it. So I was in at the ground floor. But the problem was, like, I was so low on the totem pole and I was just trying to do anything that I could to to get articles on the site, to get whatever I could on the site. And one of those things, I had played in IDP League for a few years, so I knew IDP well enough. And Mike asked if anybody could do IDP rankings. I said, sure, <laughs> I can do whatever you want. So there were a few of us doing IDP rankings, and um, that was sort of the the genesis there. And then I decided, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to become the best in the world at IDP. And the problem was, like, so I wanted, to, I've always been, offense was my mindset, but when you're behind Mike Clay, you're behind Mike Clay on the depth chart, right? <laughs> There's no way I was going to pass Clay on the depth chart. So I was like, I might as well be the first string in IDP. And if I'm going to do that, I want to be the best in the world. I don't know if I ever did that, but I did start winning some accuracy. And in fact, IDP was really my first big break in uh, in fantasy football because I ended up getting hired at Roto World to be their IDP guy. And I additionally then started contributing IDP content to ESPN. Pretty cool. The problem with being an IDP guy in the fantasy football industry is it is kind of a Gilligan uh, role. And if you don't know what that means, Gilligan, right? From Gilligan's Island. That dude who played Gilligan, Bob Denver, not John Denver, Bob Denver, that was his that was his role. He was typecast as Gilligan, right? Gilligan. Well, IDP guy is the Gilligan of fantasy football unfortunately if you get that role it's hard to get out of it at least that's what I found and there's often an assumption that you can't do offense so I had to really fight hard especially at Roto World but fortunately 
uh, the guys at Roto World were like, no, put him in. Let him do some offensive stuff. And it really was the first, you know, big, big, big break for me where I was able to kind of spread my wings a little bit. And ultimately, once I took over, so Clay left PFF in uh, 2016. It was when I took over as the main guy. Um, basically did not have the time to do IDP outside of just running my projections and putting rankings up. So no no more in-depth. Some people might even remember, you might listen to this podcast, you might remember my old podcast. It was an IDP-only podcast called The Nickel. That's where all this madness started for me in podcasting. But I put it behind me. I closed the door. I just do rankings. I really don't dive deep into IDP anymore. In fact, I've even limited some of the, you know, I'm in only a couple IDP leagues now overall. And all but one of them are dynasty leagues at this point. So it's just something that that I don't talk about on this show because I don't spend enough time to really give you in-depth analysis. And then beyond that, IDP is a niche. If you're you're listening to this podcast, you may not even be in any IDP leagues and not even think about being in IDP leagues because roughly only 5% of all fantasy leagues are IDP. Only 5%. And you know what? People say IDP is growing. No, it isn't. <laughs> that it's been 5% for the last decade. And I have this from folks at Yahoo, from folks at ESPN in terms of their commissioner product. That's how that's the percentage of leagues that use IDP. It's a niche. It's a passionate niche. I love the IDP folks. I love how passionate they are about it. But for this podcast, it's for the masses, man. So that's why we we just focus on the offensive side of the ball uh, here. So people didn't know that history. There you go. That's the history of JR in the fantasy industry. Uh, one more quick thing before I do get over to uh, the mistake that I see people make. And uh, that's a, a, coming from Jeremy Fowler. He said that the there could be virtual fans in the stadiums during game days. Uh, I think that, you know, the first time I saw an NBA game with the, the you know, opening night, those two games opening night, I'm like, what the heck is that? Oh, wait, wait, they're really doing that? Oh, all right, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. This is what we have to do this year. But it's kind of cool. And it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, for these, um, you know, for these games. Either way, we'll see what happens there. So the mistake that I see people make, and I'm seeing this come up a lot. And the primary place where it happens is with quarterback, but it can happen elsewhere. And I have actually talked about this briefly on this podcast before, but wanted to come back to it. The mistake people make goes something like this. People will say, well, quarterbacks get six points for a passing touchdown in my league, so they're really valuable. So should I draft a quarterback in the first round? Should I draft Lamar Jackson in the first round or, or try and get him in the early second or you know Patrick Mahomes or whatever? And my response is always that the scoring system applies to the entire position. It doesn't just apply to Patrick Mahomes. So therefore, the value is still relative at the position. It actually doesn't change where we're drafting quarterbacks in drafts. Same thing, uh, points per completion league. Uh, somebody had said that, which is kind of crazy. Like The scoring for quarterbacks is enormous. But even in that league, I ran the numbers in my projection model just to make sure I wasn't crazy here. Even in that league, the top quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. He comes in in the second round. Late second. It's nowhere different than where quarterbacks are coming in with regular fantasy scoring. The The scoring system applies to the entire position. And that's the mistake that people make when adjusting their boards. Scoring settings actually really don't adjust our boards dramatically in terms of where positions are going. 
running back and wide receivers early, right? Occasional quarterback and tight end sprinkling in from there. But then those guys are more further back in in uh, in the draft compared to the running backs and the wideouts. So why are running backs at the top, especially in a points per completion league, where quarterbacks are going to way outscore the top running backs? Well, it comes down to how we construct value. And you may be actually familiar with value-based drafting. Maybe you've heard of that before. That doesn't mean you just draft for value. It, it means we're establishing values for players and drafting based on those values. That's what it really means. So how do you establish a value? Something that goes way back to fantasy baseball. And, you know, the thought process was there are certain positions, whether it's catcher or second base or whatever it is, where there were just a, a two or three guys who stood out and they were vastly better than everybody else at the position. Well, relative to that position, because they are vastly better, they were way more valuable. You establish that value based on the position. You can do the same thing with football. So we're not comparing overall. We're not comparing quarterbacks to running backs. The values we calculate will allow us to do that. But what we're doing here is pretty simple. We're comparing quarterbacks to quarterbacks. And really what we want to do is we want to compare every quarterback to the potential quarterback we could pick up off of waivers. That's called a replacement player, replacement value. So how much more valuable is Lamar Jackson than a replacement player or Patrick Mahomes, regardless of the scoring system? The scoring system is relative, right? Because it applies to everyone at the position. So same thing with running back. And what we're going to find over and over and over again is the value of somebody like Christian McCaffrey is going to be significantly higher than somebody who we can pick up off of waivers than the value of Patrick Mahomes and a quarterback that we can pick up off of waivers, right? So then we can calculate that difference, and that difference is what we use ultimately to establish overall rankings. It's not a mystery. I don't I don't just randomly place these guys or go one by one. Man, if I did my overall rankings one by one, that would take freaking forever, so that's the process. That's what we want to be focusing on, not the, these guys score a ton of points, so therefore they are more valuable. It's not the way it works, right? It's how many points more do you score over replacement. Now, scoring settings don't change your overall rankings. You know what does? Adding or taking away positions. Adding or taking away positions. If you add a super flex or a second quarterback spot, yes, quarterbacks become more valuable because now you have diluted the waiver pool. You know, I always say that you can expect the amount of starters plus half of that number to be drafted in terms of your quarterbacks. So that means if you have 12 starters, then half of that number is 18. In a 12-team league, you can expect roughly 18 quarterbacks to be drafted. Sometimes it's 19, sometimes it's 17, you know, whatever. It's right in that range. If you have two quarterback starters, or super flex, which you're basically treating as two quarterback starters, that's 24. Half of that number is 12. That means 36 quarterbacks are going to be drafted. 36, roughly. That means that waivers now is a guy who is not even starting. That's not good. So therefore, these guys are very, 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 very valuable. Likewise, uh, let's go the other direction. You know, I, I, I know a lot of people still play in a two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, you know, league, one quarterback. In that league, receiver is not as valuable. You know, Michael Thomas is not a guy who I'd be considering the first round because now there are more guys on waivers at wide receiver. You, you, you know, you just juiced up the player pool on waivers. 
by not having that extra third starting wide receiver spot. So that's how you change value at the position. It isn't by uh, by changing the scoring settings. Value at the position is impacted by more or less in terms of your starters. Fewer starters, less value. More starters, more value at the top. That's it. That's the mistake I see people make. One of the biggest mistakes. Don't look at scoring settings. Look at amount of starters. And likewise, by the way, amount of starters, also amount of teams. You know, I had somebody asking me about a two-quarterback league, 10-teamer. And he said, would you still use your same strategy, which is I wait till about 10 quarterbacks are off the board before I draft a quarterback. And in a 12-teamer, that makes sense. In a 10-teamer, I said, no, I'd probably wait till at least a dozen, maybe even more are off the board because now let's do that math again. Let's do the math, right? So you have 10 teams, 20 starters. Half of that is five, 25 quarterbacks drafted. Now your replacement is still a starter. So I don't have to draft a quarterback as early to be in competition in that league. I can load up elsewhere while people are still focusing on quarterback. I can load up elsewhere and still be very competitive. So the amount of total starters in your league is going to impact things. That's it right there. That's the secret. That's a mistake. All right. There you go. And you know, it's never a mistake to go to FTNFantasy.com. See what I did there. It's uh, got a lot of, lot of fun stuff up there right now. You can check my tiers articles out for free. Uh, don't have to be a subscriber to check them out. NBA bets are rocking over at FTNBets.com. I went 5-1 and one in player props yesterday. Giddy up. You can get those at FTNBets.com. I appreciate everybody reviewing the show. Keep doing it. If you haven't reviewed the show already, that's how you can help me out. It's really big help, in fact. So go to iTunes, review the show. The easiest way to do it on an iPhone. Open up the podcast app. Find my pod. Scroll to the bottom. Click the stars. You're done. It's that easy. You can follow me on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener to the show. I see you, Rat Pack. I see you. All right. It's Friday. It's it's a dull beverage day later on tonight in the Ratcliffe household. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy all the sports this weekend. Hey, PGA is going to be fun for sure. And I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.